Hi, and welcome to this grand, fabulous day. A day with the Lord is always fabulous, wonderful, breathtaking, happy, good, because God is good. Hallelujah. And aren't you glad that God is good and not bad? He said, if I delight myself in him, he shall give me the desires of my heart. Hallelujah. Psalms, the 37th chapter. Glory be to God. I would like to come to you today with a new episode, podcast, broadcast. Topic today will be, I, the term of, or the definition to define what hasten it really means. Hasten means to speedily, to act quickly, to expedite, to press, and to urge forward. Glory be to God. Let me read that again. Hasten means to speedily, act quickly, expedite, press, and urge forward. Praise God. The scripture text today will be coming from Psalms 55 and 8. Psalms 116, 1 and 2. Hebrews 4 and 16. Amen. And Psalms 55 and 8, it says, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest that God would help him. So he needed help. He knew who to hasten to. He knew that was, who was going to help him get through his storm. Who was going to help him get through the tempest. Glory be to God. So we know that in Psalms 55 and 8, the tempest storms of life, the windy storms of life, they came. The tempest to knock David out. But he said, I will escape. That means I will go to your throne, Lord, when the tempest is upon me. And when all, other words, when the windy storms and when the tempest is upon me, that means when all hell is breaking out. Like a hurricane. Woo, that's, that's, that's some terrible stuff, hurricane. They say hurricane be like 300 miles an hour and knock everything down. But it seems like life is going to knock you down. Hallelujah. Yeah, not shot. Glory be to God. It's going to knock you down. You can hasten to the throne. When it seems like life is spinning you all around, like a tornado, like a blizzard. All uproar is breaking out. Then you have to say, I know. I know I will hasten. I will go to the throne of God. Are you willing to lay it down at God's throne? 
so you can get your blessing? Grace. He said grace also. Come to the throne, boldly to the throne of grace. In Hebrews 4 and 16. Boldly come to the throne of grace that ye may obtain help from the Lord. So we must boldly go to the throne of grace. So you can get the favor of God, hallelujah, and the time of need. That he may grant you your heart's desire. But we have to go and go to him boldly. Boldly before God. Because he knows. We learned in the garden with Adam that God was walking after Adam had sinned. He was walking through and he said, Adam, he called. He said, Adam, where art thou? And as Adam peeked out, I can imagine he peeked his head out through the bush and said, here I am. And God asked him, in other words, what are you doing there? Oh, I hid myself. See, so sin. Adam was afraid to go boldly to God. Why? Because sin lied at his door. He could not boldly approach God the way that he would when he was first talking with God in the garden and God talking back to him. He could not boldly because sin did not permit him to go in. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. So God was calling to him. You know, sin is the only thing that will stop a hasten to the mighty throne of God. God wants us to come, but not afraid, but boldly. Hallelujah. So, God wants us to have grace to conquer that windy storm. For we know in God is where our strength lies. David knew that this is where his strength lied. That's why he knew he could come to the throne. Normally, when you come before a throne, like for say on the earth, you come before a throne or before something that's majestic, there is a position, hallelujah, when entering the throne the throne of grace. You must have first confidence. You must be a clean vessel. You can't come with deceitfulness and deceptiveness because the king has a scepter and his scepter will only allow that which he can trust to come towards him because he doesn't want you to bring nothing to him that is not right. Or that he will have you killed. So if you come in with some malicious things. Don't think you're going to get in the king's presence. And ask anything. Because you will be kicked out. Just like when they. Uh, were invited to the feast. And then uh, on the wedding. And the man came with a different garment on my lord. 
They said, uh-uh, you can't be here and, and in this presence because everybody has the, the, the garments on that's supposed to be wearing. So God does not let anything and allow anything to come into his presence. So we have to get rid of the things that are not right. Hallelujah. To come before the anointing of the king. That is the only way that he will grant you what you need. He will grant you that help you need. But you got to come right. The Bible says that in Psalms, he that has clean hands and has not lifted up his soul to vanity shall, S-H-A-L-L, is coming. Help is on the way. It's coming. Glory be to God. Receive the blessing. Lifted up his soul to vanity. He that has kept his hands clean from sin. Glory be to God. And that's the only way to be clean before God is when sin is not present in you. Are not living in you. Are not working in you. That's the only way to be justified before the Lord. But otherwise, because he is a just God. And so he is all about justice. Because the Lord loved judgment. Hallelujah. So therefore, our hands have to be clean. Hallelujah. If we want that type of help from God to obtain that grace, that favor, we got to have clean hands. He said, you have not shed innocent blood, glory be to God. Innocent. People that have not did no wrong. People that try to do the right thing. Please God. Those are the only innocent blood. Children that don't even know they left from their right. That's innocent. People who are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. That's innocent blood. God said, if you have not destroyed, in other words, my people, your hand, your soul unto vanity, you are the one that's going to get that blessing. You are the ones that's going to come through. You are the ones that God is going to do something for you. But don't lift your soul to vanity. Praise God. Know that he is our God. See? You have to know that he is your God. You, I have, anybody got to know that he is their God. He is our God. And we love him. We, he will help us. And then also we show him that respect as being king of kings and recognizing who he is. You say, he is my father. That's, therefore, we can't cry, Abba. Abba. Abba, father, means you're able to get it. You are able to have attainability. You are able to achieve. And you are workable. Workable meaning possible to do easily and conveniently. You know, in order for us to obtain the mercy and the grace of God, we have to seek God's mercy and grace. We have to seek his help boldly. We boldly say, the Lord is my helper. We have to boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Boldly say, without fear. Having that reassurance, I know, I know he can do that. He can do the exceedingly, the abundantly, above all, I can Ephesians 3 and 20. Say, now unto him that is able to do, able to do, we got to know that he is the to do. He is available to us. There's nothing we can not approach him with that he cannot do. 
Only thing he cannot do is go against his word. You know, just like if you have a will that you wrote and you gave it to the lawyer, that is your final say. So on that matter, is what this is what you want to be uh, to do. And you are leaving and you know you're about to be deceased. This is the will that you want to be carried out. This is your word. God's word is the same. It never changes. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will stand. Amen. My word will stand. So we can believe, we can trust that God will do the exceeding and the abundantly. Amen. I hope something was said today that will comfort your hearts in knowing that no matter through the wind and the storm, through the tempest, things that really, really, really detrimental in our life may come. We can still go boldly to the throne of grace. We can have that favor, walk in favor with God and get the help in the time of need that we need from him. Glory be to God. God bless. I also have a playlist of songs if you're interested for a little lift if you need. A little lift to help you to go on maybe to another day. God bless. The name of the playlist is Jay's Love for God. Just a song. YouTube.com. You can go to YouTube.com and you will find. Type in Jay's Love for God. J-A-Y-E-S. Jay's Love for God. And you also can find my podcast on Anchor FM. At Heart for God. At What He Wants. God bless and I hope you have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Welcome to another podcast. My name is Jane, and I'm so glad you came. I would like today to speak on another subject and the subject will be into your hands into your hands Future taxes will be coming from Luke twenty three and forty six Romans twelve and one and second Corinthians four and 17 God bless and also Isaiah 53 and 3 and Genesis 3 and 19 and Colossians 2 and 10 
These were, these will be the scripture texts that I will be coming from. And if any missed, I will be picking them up as I continue. Praise God. Okay. It says, when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having thus, he gave up the ghost. Now, somebody would ask, what does commend mean? Well, the word command means to present now, right now. So in other words, God had gave his spirit up at that very moment. After he cried, he gave it up. And having thus, he gave up. He gave it up. He gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. Romans 12 and 1. It said, I beseech you, which is to beg, that she present. Present. That means to give it up. A living sacrifice. So by the mercies of God. That she present your bodies. That means to give it up. A living sacrifice means to surrender. Surrendering. Living. L-I-V-I-N-G. Surrendering. So you're giving something to God. You're giving it up. Just like Jesus when he was on the cross, he gave it up. He surrendered his spirit to the Father. He cried with a loud voice. He said, Father, into your hands. That's sometimes we have to cry unto God. And say, Lord, into your hands, I'm giving this problem. Right now, into your hands, I'm giving up this situation. Jesus gave it up. And then in Genesis 3 and 19, it says, from dust I came. And from dust I shall return. In other words, Father, you have made me. Now I am going to let you do the rest. God is the only one that can finish it. That's what he's saying. God, you are the only one that can do this. I'm giving it to you. Because you are that Alpha and Omega. I'm giving it to you, Lord. My God, Father. I'm giving it to you. Because I know that. You're going to give me that rest. 
you know, in our daily walk, God is the only one that can finish it. We can't finish it. He's the only one that can make it complete. That's what finish means. Make it complete. In Colossians 2 and 10. Said there was a joy. That's why Jesus could endure. That's why he could endure this thing. Because there was a joy for God. We got to also have a joy for God. We're trying to endure. We have to. We're trying to endure this thing. We're trying to get over this thing. We have to have a joy. We have to have joy about this thing. So there was a joy of heaven. There was a joy to see the people back with God. That's why Jesus could endure because he saw all these things in front of him. And that gave him the press to go forward and not go back and want to be back with his father again because he saw the joy. If we can only keep the joy, we're going to be just fine. In Hebrews 2 and 12, it says, look into Jesus. Not brother, sister, uncle, cousin, grandma, husband, wife. Say, look into Jesus, who is the author. That means he begins this and he is going to finish it. He is the finisher. That means he's the finisher. That means he's going to be the one to end this of our faith. So he began this and he's going to end it. So for the joy that was set before him, he endured. That means he endured the cross. He went through his life. But sometimes in life we have to ignore things because we don't want to lose out with God. So, goodbye. I will hold on and I will hold on until the end because something great is coming. Jesus knew something great was coming upon the horizon and there was no reason to turn back because something great was coming. God bless and I hope that is something that we learned that we can depend on God. We can we can look to him because he is the one. He started this and he's going to finish it. We have to look past things in order to get to the other side. Jesus kept his eyes on the mission on what Father God put him down here to do. Not on the people and what they were doing. But he was counting all joy. He was looking at the joy that was set before him. And that alone brought him out. So we have to keep joy in the midst of our sorrow. We have to keep joy in the midst of our pain. We have to keep joy in the midst of our going through, knowing that God is going to bring us out. I will comfort you. I will be your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for letting us know that you are our joy. You are our happiness. You are the one that can take us through things that we seem like we cannot tunnel through. You're the one that can help us through things that we seem like we cannot Shake loose. Only you have that power. And we will cry unto you, Father. We will cry unto you with a loud voice. And say, Lord, we are putting it into your hands tonight. Whatever it may be, into your hands, we commend this situation. Into your hands, we commend this problem. Into your hands, because only your hand is the hand 
that has started it in the hand that can't finish it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for holding us, Lord, holding us up when our heads are hung down. Thank you, Lord, for lifting up the hung down heads. In Jesus' name, and giving us strength to go on. Amen. Bye. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Hi, I would like to come today with a new podcast. By the way, my name is Jane, and I'm so glad that you can come and attend with me again on another stage, Journey with the Lord. Today, I would like to talk about how painful sin. My topic is too painful to sin. Too painful to sin. It is very painful to sin. Sin has detrimental consequences. Suffering, agony, affliction, discomfort, caused by illness or injury. Let me read that again. Pain defined is suffering, agony, affliction, discomfort caused by illness or injury. I would like to definition of what sin is. Sin is an immoral act. It is wrong. It is wrongdoing. The act of evil, wickedness. Transgression, it is the act of evil slash wickedness. It is transgression, crime, offense, misdeed, misdemeanor, and error. Sin also, I would like to define in the Greek, is it means to fail. Miss the goal. And Eve, I would like to give another one. Eve, she fell in the garden after the desire to eat the unforbidden fruit. It was good to their eyes. The devil is deceitful like that. The eyes he uses to seduce us. prodigal son disobedience is sin he had 
greedy living. Our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. To talk about today. About one of the fruits of the Spirit. That is very valuable. And that we all need to get over. This fruit of the Spirit. It controls. And it restrains. And the name of it is. Temperance. I would like to go from 2 Peter 1, 6-8, Galatians 5 and 22, 2 Timothy 3 and 3, 2 Peter 2, 13, and also Job the 5th chapter. Hallelujah. 9 and 25 and Proverbs 25. The value of temperance. The value of Glory be to God. In the Bible, we learn that temperance is emotional restraint or self-control. Glory be to God. In 2 Timothy 3 and 3, it talks about also it is the inability to control emotions and attitudes. So, when you're incontinent, you cannot control emotions and attitudes. And that is the opposite of temperance. So we want to learn to be temperate so we will not end up being incontinent incontinent. Praise God. Also in Second um, Peter 2 and 13 it describes these people that have no temperance but they're walking in the spirit they say but they can't control themselves. You know they allure which allure means that a person has the, a power of attraction and they are fascinating people they are appealing they know how to charm through the lust of the flesh and then also talks about through much wantonness um, it is the trait of lacking control 
of sexual behavior. Glory be to God. So, we don't want to be wantonness today. But we want to have temperance. Temperance, temperance is the manager of wantonness. Wantonness is a trait of not being able to control yourself. In the Greek, it means akrasia, means lacking in moderation. You're overdoing something, or you're lacking self-control, especially related to sexual desire. Glory be to God. And there are antonyms of wantonness. Is dignity. The antonyms are good, which means sympathetic concern for well being of others. When you're not wanting, have wantonness, you can be sympathetic for the well being of others. You can be compassionate, which means. You have the capacity. You feel you feel sorry for others. You have that capacity for others suffering or for their misfortune. You have compassion, which means you are uh, compassionate about others suffering and misfortune. And the synonyms of wantonness is impureness, which means. Abusiveness, which we know abusiveness is causing pain, hurting someone. Nastiness, which is the desire to cause pain for the satisfaction of doing harm. It also means profanity, a disrespectful or indecent word or expression. So this person who is doing this they are expressing cruelty and God is saying he hates this people want self control and don't respect God you must lead yourself before you can lead others praise God in Proverbs 25 and 28 it reads, it says, He that has no rule over his own spirit is like walls. That means you have no self-control. You are like a city that is destroyed or is in ruin. You will ruin yourself and bring destruction to yourself if you do not know how to Walk in temperance. Second Peter one five through eight. It also talks about virtue, which means high moral standards. It means having dignity, it means having integrity. It means having respectability. 
It means that you are a noble soul. You are honorable and you have goodness. You have knowledge which will lead to your ability to be temperate. Temperance leads to patience. Know how to conquer. That means you know how to conquer and face and deal with things without blowing up or going off, you know, at the mouth. By having temperance, it helps us to resist temptation and avoid acting like we are caught up in the world's agenda. In the Greek, it is agratisha, meaning having the strength of God that helps us make best choices on our next move. Let me read that again. It means having the strength of God that helps us make best choices on the next move. So the next move over, we know how to make them better choices. Because we have the strength that God gives us and helps us to make those choices. It says, um, you know, you can't go wrong when you are temperate. In uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and 25. If you're striving for the high calling. Which is learning how to manage our desires. Appetites and passions. Don't let these things take you. Don't let them take you. Don't. You know. Don't let them take you. You know, like something, like our behavior towards somebody. You know, we can have moods, but we have to learn how to control our moods. Tone, that means to tone it down. Tone your moods down. Don't be hyperactive over a thing. Your passion. Emotional encounters with people. Reduce it. I mean, cut it down. Reduce that. The Lord says, Be temperate in all things, Lord be to God. Hallelujah. And if ye bear not this fruit, ye will go in the intemperate way, which is being rude, unkind, unmannerly. Wild, hateful, unfriendly, violent, and harsh you will be. So God wants us to be that calm and reasonable. Like, when it comes to your life, if you don't have enough You know, you will lose who you are. You know, it's like you say, you say, oh boy, one plate of food is just not enough. You have become greedy, over consuming. God don't want us to let the pleasures take us over. God said, if you don't, have it, you will not die. 
you know, just because you don't say, so what, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Just because I don't have it doesn't mean I'm going to die because I don't have it. I just got to have that brand new car. Is you going to die because you ain't got a brand new car? No. No, you ain't. Is you going to die because you ain't got the brand new shoes? No, you ain't. No, I just, I'm just going to flip my wig if I don't get that new shirt that I, I really wanted. I'm going to flip my wig. No, you're not going to flip your wig. I said, don't let the pleasures take you. Don't let your passions take you over. Because they can take you over. Especially uh, what we were talking about. About the sexual desires. You become wanton when you do not learn how to walk in self-control. And then these other attributes will start coming up. And God does not want us to indulge in pleasures. But he wants us to uh, be in his pleasures. Hallelujah. You can indulge in God's pleasures all you want. He wants you to delight in him. Rather to delight in the things of this world. Which is going to cause you. It's going to cause your life if you do. And it's going to take you where you don't want to be. It's going to make you want to do things. That later on, you might scratch your head about. So, we need to watch what we say and how we say it and what we do. Because if we don't know how to walk in temperance, it will always be trouble. So, you're not going to die. And don't, don't let this become your top priority in your life. You mean you got to, you know, learn temperance. And, you know, restraint means discipline. We learn how to discipline. God was, you know, when Jesus said, if you do not deny yourself, I mean, get self under restraint, under Yosha control. You cannot be my disciples. You need restraint and discipline to come my way of living. Or you can't have a life with me. That's what Jesus is saying. And prudence. Prudence means wisdom. It is how you do something. Knowing when and not when. How much and not how much. And for what I can relate to with that term, that means the budget. I know how much um, I have in my because I learned how to discipline my wallet. I'm just going to not let all my money fall out and say, oh, well, I just, like I said, I needed, I, 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 I needed that so badly. And you know, it was more of a want than a need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, and that's what God is talking about, that wantonness. You don't, you shall not want anything. 
things that those that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Because God promised to supply our need according to his riches. Glory be to God. And his glory. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So, it is learning how to balance, which is the budget, E-M-P-E-R, which means having a sober state of mind, an attitude about something. It's about having an attitude about something. Your attitude and what you do. This is what it's all about. Having the attitude that is right. So that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be temperate. Knowing how to manage our emotions and our temper. Temper also can mean uh, when you're very upset and angry or uh, you're frustrated, you're mad, and uh, you just, like I say, if you when you walk in in the intemperate way, you become unkind, unmannerly. You you do the opposite of what temperate is. So God wants us to be temperate. Praise God. Oh, something was said today that will help God. He wants us to learn how to control ourselves in every manner from what we desire, from what we want, from uh, how we walk in our daily walk, how we uh, interact with people, our passions, and also uh, our desires from uh, our sexual uh, uh, standpoints to our just regular day daily life living. God wants us to know how to not uh, let that become so deeply imparted within us that we forget about him and that uh, he has took a back burner and all these other things that took the front burner. God does not want us to be overindulgent. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. He does not want us to be overindulgent in anything because it can become a snare unto us. And God is saying, Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. So he's letting us know. We cannot love these things. Because if we love these things. Then the love of God will not be in us. And we will not learn. How to be disciplined. We will not learn how to be God's disciples. God and Mithinok. And I hope something was said tonight that will help you. Not to be indulgent 
that also talks about greediness. And that's another contribute I to learn how to use temperance in everything in moderation to greediness. God bless and have a wonderful episode, Lord willing. Bye. When you are going into warfare, get all your warfare scriptures together and say them to yourself and believe it. When you are going into warfare, get all your warfare scriptures together and say them to yourself and believe it. When you are going into warfare, get all your warfare scriptures together and say them to yourself and believe it. When you are going into warfare, get all your warfare scriptures together and say them to yourself and believe it. The Lord will fight for you. Hold thy peace. I will stand firm. Say, for the Lord will fight for you. Hold thy peace. Say, no weapon is formed against me. Shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, God will bring it into judgment. Say, I will stand firm. I will stand fast in the liberty where Christ has set me free, made me free. You got to say the scriptures to yourself. And believe them. God said, don't worry. It's in my hand. It's in my hands. God said, don't worry. 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 It's in my hands. God said, don't worry, it's in my hands. God said, don't worry, it's in my hands. Stood with me. The angel of the Lord 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 stood with me. Your salvation is that you will not turn from doing what is right, giving God the glory. You got to see how important your salvation is that you will not turn from doing what is right, giving God the glory. Another word God gave me addressed. Another word God gave me address. Another word God gave me address. Another word God gave me address. Sometimes your soul don't worry. Talk to your soul and tell your soul don't worry. Sometimes you have to talk to your soul and tell your soul don't worry. 
Sometimes you have to talk to your soul and tell your soul, don't worry. It is a cold, cruel world, but we have a good God. Amen. It is a cold, cruel world, but we have a good God. Amen. It is a cold, cruel world, but we have a good God. Amen. It is a cold, cruel world, but we have a good God. Amen. Amen. You got to say, I'm going to believe God. And I'm going to feel better than what I felt the day before. In Jesus' name. Amen. By faith, I receive it. Receive it. Say, by faith, I receive it. Say, by faith, I receive it. In despair, look for God to come as you seek him. In despair, look for God. Say, God, I want to listen. I am listening. Say, God, I want to listen. I am listening. Say, God, I want to listen. I am listening. Say, God, I want to listen. I am. In times of despair, I care. In times of despair, I care. I am there.